Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. On this episode, we speak to Lucas Woodland from Holding Absence. And as you can tell, I have stolen Mr. Greenall's intro. Um, so that means I'm on my own. It's because it's another busy week in the crow's nest. It is manic. We have Download Pilot on Saturday. I am recording this straight after Crowcast episode 64, which is now available on YouTube. Or you can hear it or see it uh, via our website, www thosedamncrows.com it was brilliant sitting down with Lucas you'll gather from the interview that we haven't actually met which is mad to think that he only lives up the road um, every Welsh band knows what's going on every Welsh band knows of each other and the success and those guys have it in abundance at the moment their latest record is fantastic I urge everybody to go and check it out I'm going to keep this nice short and sweet but this is such a cool uh, insight to to the recording of their record and to the uh, the narrative behind it and the ideas behind it and Lucas is such a great guest and I'm looking forward to sharing a beer and giving him a hug on the weekend because we can do that because it's the download pilot and I am so buzzed for it so I'm going to keep it short and sweet guys go and check it out if you want to see the visual it's episode 64 on YouTube uh, Shane will be back next week to do the tagline, but until then, shall we get into it? This is Crowcast Podcast. We are close! But shall we have a guest? Oh, uh, hey, let's do so. Hey, but before we do, actually... Before we do, let's see the man Lucas Woodland in action with his band Holding Absence. Check this out, guys. Is it me? Big tunes. Crow family, please welcome the front man of holding absence, Mr. Lucas Woodland. Hey, how's it going, boys? <laughs> how's it going, buddy? Yeah, it was a pretty cool intro, wasn't it? I wish that I played every time I walked into a room. <laughs> I feel a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah. uh, how's it going, UK? We're good, thank you, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm holding up. I'm um, sun shining in Cardiff, so yeah, I've been worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good to hear it, buddy. Some cracking tunes on this new album, brother. Oh. Thank you, man. I appreciate you checking it out, bro. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's so good. I mean, that was just a couple of um, samples there of, of, of the album, but should we, should, we, should we dig straight into it? We have this album, yeah. bud, right? Yeah. It's so... No, it is, dude. It's like 
so atmospheric. You know, I, I, I was listening to a bike ride. I went on a bike ride a couple of days ago and just stuck it on and, and I, I was lost in it, bud, you know? So much so that I ate a tree. Genuine now. <laughs> it's a tree. There was a branch. It <laughs> was, no, it was quite dark, but um, <laughs> I was in a country lane and um, it was like the, the tree branch had come over the road. Good job I was wearing yeah. an element. Like, it, just, it just kind of hit me on a bounce, like, in the five head. But um, well, I'm glad you're okay. Dude, I was all. lost. <laughs> no, I was lost in the album, dude. It's a very, it's, it's strange, but it's like, there's a lot of tracks on there that they're quite long. They're almost mm, like a journey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not just Thank like you, your, your three and a half minute, four minute track. There's like epic tunes and, and feelings That's... and stuff. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, when, when you write music, you always try and, or I guess for me anyway, when, you know, when I, when I try and achieve something or, you know, creatively, I, I try and describe it with a few words, you know, if you want it to be, if you want it to be epic and atmospheric and intense, let's do it, you know, and I, I think we're, with Holden Absence, it's very much like those are the words we use, you know, we don't use the words heavy too often, or we don't use, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to describe uh, a vision and then try and achieve it. But uh, it's so cool to hear that that kind of translates, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, man, and, and you know, it's been out for like a, a couple of months now, you know, which is, which is crazy because um, obviously being fellow musicians in the pandemic, you know, it is a very, a very skewed version of, of reality, really, you know. So the fact that it's been out for two months and we, we're yet to play any of those songs live, you know, it is a bit weird. So I'm grateful anytime anyone reminds me that it's, it's any good, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but you've had a chance to jam with the boys. Yeah, we've been practicing crazy, to be honest, man. Like, um, yeah. you know, because you know, obviously, being a vocalist yourself, you, I, I very much had the "what if I can't sing anymore" <laughs> thing, <Yeah. laughs> because you know, like, I mean, and and the thing is, is I sing in, in my day to day life, of course, but it's just different up there you know what i mean so uh so yeah we've been practicing pretty much twice a week for the last month or so obviously getting ready for the big the big weekend this weekend coming so uh what's yeah. happening this weekend i don't know a couple a couple of welsh boys causing havoc in the field i reckon yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, so yeah bounce over brilliant but i mean you're talking about your voice like you're saying about you, you don't describe yourself as heavy but there is this element of like when you when you shout and when you scream and when you, there is a heaviness in your voice, but there's this, but it's not like your, your screamo bands. You know what I mean? It's, it's expressive. It's emotive. It's thank um, you. Yeah. For sure. powerful, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I feel like everything I do as a vocalist is very much entrenched in the emotion of things, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I'd never want to like, I mean, you know, I, and I'm assuming you guys, I listen to bands where all the vocals are screamed, you know, but for me, it's like, if it's going to come from me as like a screamed heavy kind of vocal, it needs to yeah. feel like that inside me. It needs to really like rip out of me. You know what I mean? And, and I'm grateful that I have that top gear that I can kind of go up to, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's very much something that I think I kind of save for the right time, I guess. Yeah. We've, yeah. We've, we've followed the band now for years, mate. Um, as you know, we're, we're all local. Everybody kind of knows what everybody's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing I love about this album personally, this is my opinion is you can see how the band have evolved. Um, mm. and your, your artistry is, is really striking. I mean, I remember other band, everything was kind of black and white. Um, so you did stand out in, and, and the logo and everything that you had going on with that. And then this record, when I started seeing all the, the promo for this record, it was like a completely 
different level again. Like you shifted, you yeah. know, where some bands kind of step up a level, you'd gone through the gearbox um, <laughs> because it did. It just kind of, I don't know, everything shines about this. Echoing what Shane said, there's so many textures with your vocal. Um, the boys, the the performances from all the band is phenomenal. I mean, you've got the the energy, even when um, even when you're soft, there's still energy there. Even when there's aggression, um, it's just everybody seems to be. Did did you feel that when you were writing this record, or was it kind of in the middle of writing this record that this was going to be different? Or um, to be honest, man, our debut was quite quite a tumultuous experience. You know, we had lineup changes, and it was recorded in two different sittings, you know? So uh, when you think about that, like, archetypal dream scenario of going and recording an album, you know, it's turn up at a studio and lock yourself away for six weeks and, you know, and never come out. And then, you know, and then you've got this body of work. Whereas with the debut, it was like, dra- I was dragging that thing by the end, just to over the finish line, you know? And, and I love that album. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for this one, I think I think it was just us without uh, anything to jump over that would ever slow us down in any way. You know, it was, it was a very kind of carefree, creative experience. Whereas before there was so much pressure, you know, and, and, you know, you guys have probably learned in your lives, like, you know, I think pressure is the best and worst thing. And it all depends Mm -hmm. in what context it comes at you, you know, and I'm fortunate that for this one, there was no pressure. There was, there was nothing to worry about. It was just, concentration um and yeah man and like you said as well with, with the boys you know I, I feel like we really really hit a stride on this on this yeah. album because our band like always knew what it wanted to be you know uh and we've always tried to take inspiration from bands like the smiths and the cure and, and all these kind of awesome like 80s kind of like shoegazy kind of bands and, and translate it into a bit more of like a modern emo kind of feel you know when you think about it bands like my bloody valentine they were emo before emo existed you know yes. um yeah. exactly you know and for us it was always about marrying this timelessness with this mod modernity i i suppose um and i think yeah this record was just the first time we really hit that sweet spot you, you did that, man, honestly, because like I said, the the transition and, and the artistry, like I said, the, the whole look, um, like I know you've gone into colour, but even the, the look of the record, um, can you tell us a bit about how the record started coming about, the, the Greatest Mistake of My Life? What was the, what was kind of, I don't know, the pinpoint of that? What was the, did you have a theme going into it or...? Yeah, so, you know, something we've always tried to achieve, and like you've mentioned, the black and white thing, you know, when we started the band, it was a ploy to try and get people's attention and be that black and white band, you know, but it was also a way of saying, like, you know, Joy Division, you know, you look at photos of them, it's like, yeah, they're from, it's from the 70s or whatever, but yeah. I, I like the idea of being able to see a photo of a band from now and it being in black and white. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? As long as the music's good and timeless, that's kind of the point. Um, so we really like the idea of having this kind of timeless vibe through the black and white. And then we just knew after four years, man, we just had to leave it behind. It was just constricting us, you know, at that, at that point. It was just, got every every post was just oddly now becoming emotionless because it was just mm. black and white, everything, you know? And then it was like, so how do we get a timeless vibe and go into color at the same time? You know, so it was kind of like a bit of a juggling act, but the, the main moment, um, 
was um, in in my personal life. My my grandmother basically told me, and you might have heard this story because I've, I've told this story a million times. But my grandmother essentially told me that my great uncle in like the maybe 1950s or something had recorded a, a song um, of him singing a cover on a, on like a seven inch or whatever, and like um, and that blew my mind because it was always like you know I was always the first musician in my kind of family line, I guess you know, um, and the song was a song called "The Greatest Mistake of My Life," uh, written by uh, Gracie Fields in the 1930s. And uh, or the 1920s, even you know, and I, and I found the song, and, and it just felt like, you know, as a musician, you know, I, I'm very driven. I'm very driven by my family because I, I find I find pride is such an important driving force. You know, I want to make people proud as much as anything. You know, and and having this seep down to me through honestly nearly a hundred years of of my family line, you know, uh, and still be kind of relevant. And now, meanwhile, I'm trying to find timeless relevance in my music i was like man like yeah. this just feels like the key and and we named the record and we, we went from there um and you know personally i always name the songs and then work backwards you know i'll always come up with you know your your lover's ruined my life for example that was a title and then i thought why has this person's love ruined this other person's life you know and, and really gone backwards on a lyrical level and i'm doing that for a whole album was just so compelling because it, it was like you know am I doing right by the, the vision, you know? Yeah, and and, and yeah. it's as simple as just saying, what is the vision? The vision is the greatest mistake of my life, you know, and, and then trusting yourself to do right by it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing, dude. The track, The Greatest Mistake of My Life, when I heard it, I was so disappointed there wasn't more to it. I know, like, everybody says that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, I know. Man. It's just captured, obviously, you know, it's got the vinyl wreck, you know, the, the sounds in yeah. the back, the crackling of the vinyl. And as you said, that music back then, the way it was written, the chord progression, oh, the, oh, oh, mate, did it yeah, be and, right there. Yeah, I was like, I, I love I remember, this. I remember learning that and just being like, oh, he goes to the minor there, you know, yeah. and, and like, you know, and it's like, the thing is, is, is you, you can't even really write music like that anymore without sounding kind of weird, you know, like yeah. it, it is, it is actually interesting. How, yeah, because it, yeah, for sure, man. So, um, but you know, I, I feel like with that track specifically, it was so short because we always viewed that as, you know, you know, when you go to the cinema, you don't, you don't spend as much time watching the end credits as you do the the fight scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, for us, it, that was the curtain shut, you know, um, the credits rolling, time to kind of get up and, and talk to your, your fr friends about what you thought of the film. You know, it was that yeah. for me, it, it was more about allowing the listener to have maybe two minutes of kind of introspection at the end of, what was it? It's quite a long record. It was literally for me. It was like it's a perfect send off. It was, it's almost like a love letter. Do you know what I mean? An old fashioned yeah. love letter, just saying end of album. There's your talk. Now, now go and discuss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. And I, I honestly, but I, you know, I've heard this. I've said in other podcasts when we've had other bands on when there's like um, either an interlude or an introduction sort of into an album. They do like a short piece of music. Um, and I've, I've said like, oh, I wish it was longer, but I totally got this like as, as a send off as a, Thank you. um, this is the end of the album. So it made perfect sense, but a lovely work dude. I mean, you know, the, the whole context of the album, what it's saying and to send it off like that, dude, congrats. You, you nailed that. Fair play. Thank you very much, bro. Appreciate what's it. your, what's your favorite song on the record, dude? Ah, oh, it's a tough one. Isn't it? And, and that's a question I always ask other people because I love you know, for me, it's like my favorite albums of all time. I've got a favorite song on every one. Um, but I do think, you know, you'll understand how it is. It's so, 
it's just different because it's like you you have an emotional connection with the experience and the product yes. you know so for me it's like i love i love I, I love morning song you know for me to have written um a seven minute long song that doesn't specifically grieve anybody in my life but kind of encapsulates the grief of everybody i've ever lost in my life you know and taking all those accumulated experiences and kind of putting them together and, and being able to make something that now I've been told means the world to, to people because it connects them to specific people that they've lost in their life. You know, like to me, man, that's just like, you know, music is, is art and it's creation and, and it's catharsis. And, um, yeah. and, I, and I think having that experience yourself and then being able to watch somebody else experience it in such a sensitive way in their own space, that's just like the, the dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. Does is it does it change? I know you like you're talking about your favorite songs and stuff here, but as a vocalist, what's your favorite song? Oh. <laughs> it's definitely not Afterlife. <laughs> it's, it's too, oh, it, it, it is different. It's funny though because I get asked yeah. that all the time, and it's people I just sim say a similar sort of thing because we talk about like Kingdom of Death, for example, because I'm tied in with the emotion, so I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. But then to sing my favorite mm. song is sing. Me, it, it's a different thing altogether. It's almost like. Um, Yes, it's, 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 uh... it's the. I guess it's. I guess it's kind of the meaning of something, and then the, the energy of performing it. You know, yeah, that's just yeah. a different, different thing completely. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we'll have to find out on Friday which one's my favorite to play. <laughs> so is is that we said afterlife? Is that is it because it's difficult to sing or what oh, do you do? It's nasty, man. Yeah, it's really high. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, you know, I've got a high voice, but Jesus Christ, it's just like it doesn't stop. That's the issue. You know, yes. it doesn't. Yeah. Because I, I had a go for I had a go of singing it on, on the way home from Rio Sol today. Dude, save his, save his uh, I wish someone yeah, I wish I could pass that one off to someone else to sing forever because it is a, a nightmare. But to be fair, man, you know, I've I've felt this way about so many songs that I've written in my life and I've ended up a hundred shows later not even really thinking about it anymore, you know. So yeah. uh so you know, it, I'll be all right with it someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another another one of my favorites on the record, but in circles, what a great melody! Thank oh. you, man. When the piano I, um, comes in and just highlights yeah. the melody and stuff, is yeah, that's, that works, dude. That works. was um, that was a really special song to write because we we knew it was um, basically I I I heard somewhere um, you know the musical Hamil Hamilton, you know the yeah. the yeah. yeah, and the guy who who kind of wrote all the music for that, he quoted a classical. Uh, composer and he basically said uh, content dictates form and basically that means that whatever you're singing about should influence how you sing it you know what I mean um, yeah, so and I know it sounds dumb but if you're angry you sh it should sound angry it'll, it'll kind of add up you know um, and basically that was very much the case within circles it was this song about uh, monotony and, and just like how I guess boring and cyclical life can be sometimes and um <laughs> and um but basically Sorry. with the song we <laughs> i know it uh but basically with the song we kind of we did it to to sound cyclical you know like that song has only got maybe like two or three hooks but we use it those hooks over and over you know in in as many subtle ways as possible i guess yeah so um but yeah thank you man because i i love that song yeah yeah it's a booty fair play so Brilliant. how many are you going to do a, a, pretty much the majority of your set for download? Is this going to be the album? Uh, we've tried to stray away from that because, you know, I mean, as much as anything, you know, it's it's like 
you want to make sure you're, you're reading the room. I, I don't want to forget that I'm playing a festival, even though it's it's been 18 months. I want to play every song I've ever written, like, you know, but, yeah. you know, you've got to serve the kind of the situation, really. So I think the set's going to be quite, like, you know, pound in and quite consistent, really, um, because, you know, n- not so many, I think slow bangers would probably go down a bit less good than maybe more upbeat ones, you know. Yeah. Has it been exciting jamming it with the boys and working out how they are coming together live? Because... I know what it's like in the studio, the same as Shane. Um, you kind of get lost in the process and then you come mm. away from that. And especially you guys, because that was done during the pandemic, is that Before, right? Yeah, we finished it in February. And yeah. then obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was. it's funny, actually, because our bassist, we've got, we've got a new bassist who's joined since the album was recorded. Um, and obviously, he's kind of, he's turned up. And like he's just got all these songs written for him, and and he's like playing them. And he's like, hey, you know, and and like, and and I felt exactly the same way. I felt like somebody else had written these songs for me because it'd been so long between recording and practicing. You know, I mean, we're talking like a year of these songs existing yeah. and not touching them really. You know, so and I actually I'm really grateful for the experience because I, for the first time in my life, got to be quite voyeuristic of my own music. You know, I felt like honestly you you know exactly how it is when you write a song you record a song uh tour the song but i'm sick of the song you know whereas with us it was like we did the point one and two and then we took a year off and now we've come back to it and it feels like kind of my song but kind of a different version of me's song and i love that because like i can be quite objective about whether it's good or not and and i'm glad to feel like these songs do hold up and i'm you know i'm proud of me now and two uh, and a year ago you know yeah yeah it's a similar vibe for us but we had an uh, obviously an album came out uh last february then a tour um Bro. and now they just oh, well, congratulations like, oh, i'm glad you got the tour done <laughs> yeah like, yeah literally yeah, just in time but, yeah. um you know th- those those songs are 16 months old um Bro, but, they're, yeah. but they're not live <laughs> do you know what i mean we, we haven't yeah. performed them once in a few venues but now they're old yeah <laughs> wow. man and then you compare it to the days where you had you know, for us, I mean, we had six songs for two years. And, and, and I mean, you know, we played those six songs in Cardiff, you know, 10 times probably, you know. So it is weird to think that you've only played, yeah, you've only played a, a song maybe five times ever. Whereas before, <laughs> you'd play that song in the same city five times in the same year. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> incredible oh, crazy when, when you got all the record together and the and the and the theme and everything was it because we we know you've recorded with dan dan weller, dan weller is it? yeah 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 was that always the aim to to record with dan or was it just something yeah, so suggested or we we basically um we do in the middle of the, the first record um you know we the guitarist that left was kind of the main songwriter you know and like it's, it's very much a psychological game, you know, and if the main songwriter goes, you know, you think to yourself like, ah, oh, we're never going to write a song again, you know. Um, so we went and sat down with Dan and, and came up with our most successful song, technically still now even, you know, um, Like a Shadow. And, and that just changed everything, you know. He brought such a, pers- uh, like a perspective and, and what there he is, the man, the myth, yeah. yeah man. Um, but, you know, everything he stands for in regards to our relationship with him, it just inspires me and it encourages me. Um, and why wouldn't we want to have that experience in the studio as well, capturing these songs, you know? And and we're, we're fortunate that he's as good a producer as he is a songwriter, as he is a person as well. Um, so yeah, man, best experience, you know? And and if you can find a producer you love working with, that's that's just like, you know, gold dust because that's so important, you know? 
Oh, yeah, for, and... for anybody who doesn't know who's watching as well, um, I, I watched the documentary, which was really, really cool. Thank cause, you, Because, like, like I said, me and Shane, um, we, we got into the record, and then when that hit YouTube as well, it gives you a real insight. To, I don't know, that gave me even more of a connection to the band yeah. as well, because you could really see how you guys work together, the uh, the buzz that was going on, and how well you work with Dan as well, and, and the totally. surroundings as well. Like, it was incredible. Thank you, man. Yeah, because something that we were very, you know, back to the black and white color thing, you know, yeah. we knew this band needed a shift and it was very much unveiling ourselves to our fans, basically, and saying, look, here's, you know, we've always been quite stoic and we've always been quite like, you know, po-faced in certain situations, um, you know, and even then, as a, as a rule, we, we never acknowledge when we're in the studio. We've never tweeted in the studio now, you know, because it kind of pops the bubble a little bit, but it was nice to be able to kind of say, by the way, when we were in the studio, here's what it looked like, here's how it felt and stuff. And um, yeah, I'm glad that it, it came across well as well. I, I feel like a lot of people enjoyed watching that, which is which is really cool. It really did, man, because for me, like watching it, um, I could just see how the record becomes so personal and the connection with the band, with the record. And then there's a connection then to the to the listener. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah, because it's more believable, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because anyone can listen to a band these days. There's so many, as we know, and a lost throwaway. And then, hmm. but there was more of that with you guys. Like I said, there's the imagery, um, the, the the whole essence of it. And then all of a sudden, you've got this documentary which just sealed it all together. It was like, wow, that's that's brilliant. It all makes sense. So when you go back and listen to the record after that again, yeah. I don't know. You feel closer to it as well, like which was really cool from an outsider. Kind of, I don't know. It was just kind of explained without you all explaining things. It was just. Yeah. It was there, like, you know? I think a big thing is is our, our music is very personable. You know, we are supposed to believe in these songs to allow them in, to feel them. And and if you can't believe in me as a person, you know, or, or have any connection with the, the people in the band, like, how are you supposed to have a connection to the music, you know? Um, so, yeah, so that, that's awesome, man. And I'd love to do it again as well, you know? I feel like, you know, you try things in... in being in a band you know you'll try this you'll try that and sometimes it, it sucks <laughs> another time yeah. it works you know and luckily I, I feel like it was a, a great thing i'd love to do again we, well there we go the, the link is there the link is in the comments for anybody who wants to um have a look later on obviously after this yeah don't go <laughs> yeah <laughs> clicking off yet <laughs> off. No, no. <laughs> lucas is still with us but, but um yeah we, we we've had him and we're like obviously this is 64 weeks of doing this trying to trying to kind of do something do yeah. in a pandemic keep keep active and it is a little bit brave because a lot of bands like to keep um i don't know that persona the old school of like when we Enigma, all grew up yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. man and and that, yeah. that's what i love now by by a lot of bands whether they're doing patreon or they're they're, they're kind of giving more of an insight because i do believe you have to these days you yeah yeah to, yeah i think the... To, yeah the connection has to be there more the industry has changed so much that that you know i don't want to word it like and it'll it'll sound sad, you know, but like you, you do have to just put everything on display at this point. You know, you really have to kind of back in the day, a, a good song was good enough, you know, but now a good song isn't good enough, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I personally have a Patreon and, and I've had it for probably roughly similar time to how you guys have been doing the, the podcast, you know, is like, yeah. I think I'm probably on about like maybe 70 weeks now. And every Monday I do a live stream. I do a, you know, we chat, we, um, they request songs and I'll jam whatever I can, or we'll do like a lyrical breakthrough or whatever, or breakdown, sorry, or whatever. And like, 
I just, you know, it's only like 30 people or so, but it's like for this past year, I've had such a special connection with, with the people who've wanted it, you know? Um, mm. And, and, and it's, it's kind of, it is mad that you have to, or, or you even can, you know, the fact that I can, you know, imagine back in the day, you know, your favorite band play in the same pub every week and you requesting songs from them or whatever, like that, you know, that would be huge. But the fact that you even can is big enough, but, um, but yeah, but I want to say as well, congrats to you guys for, for doing something super cool. And, and obviously you're both like naturally very good at it as well. You know, I feel like, um, I'd hate for you guys to stop doing this after the pandemic, you know? So, uh, well. Go back and have a look at episode one. <laughs> <laughs> it does get harder, man. I mean, a lot of people warned us, um, how are you going to carry it forward and stuff? And um, obviously, you know, the week you're having, we we, we know we're, we're, we're going through it as well. You, you're preparing for yeah. a massive gig. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's here upon us. Like, And then you are trying to kind of now fit how you've evolved as well. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause you're trying to juggle your old self with your new self, you know? Um, and I guess back to the Patreon thing on my end, I'm like, I don't want to stop doing my Patreon. I love it every week. I, I catch up with my little gang and we have the best time. But like when we tour, it's like, I can't really do that anymore. You know? And how do I, does that mean I just sever that whole thing and leave it in the past? Or do I try and adapt it and take it with me? And, and I guess you guys are probably in a similar boat really where, you know, when you start doing, you know, 30 day tours or whatever, you know, are you gonna? You could do it on the road, maybe, or you could, you know. But like the question, you know, those are questions, really, isn't there? You know, it's beautiful, man, because that's that's the whole thing. This is the world that we're in now. We we love being creative, so yeah, this is what like myself and Shane, the boys, thrive on management, etc. And um, that's what we're saying. We're like, you can really think outside the box. I mean, if we were going on the road, even when we bump into you again, we can always be like, oh, wicked, and we can have a proper chat. This has yeah. been the building block of almost forming relationships with people like we would backstage in a festival hey lucas how sure you doing, man? man yeah Red like the fact that... brilliant bro do you know what Thank i mean you. yeah so... yeah 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 man and the fact that yeah the fact that i've never met i don't think i've met either of you guys you know and and like how you know in the last year how would i have not or oh, the last two years you know surely uh, dude I've, I've worked in fuel for the last seven years like i would have bumped into you guys i imagine <laughs> at least once yeah. in the last 18 months you know what i mean so like it is um it is weird but like you said you know it's very much about kind of just learning how to be a hybrid and, and taking it all on, you know? Yeah, and change now. And that's, that's what I find exciting because you can kind of, these days as well with technology, you can sit down backstage, you can go anywhere, go over somebody's house, you know, yeah. hopefully in the near future um, and really sit down and have a have a different approach to it. Like, yeah. you know, whether it's audio or like, like with your, your doing with the Patreon or you go on every so often live or, um, so yeah, there's loads of ways to carry it forward. It's just, it's great that you've been so active as well. And, and I commend anybody who've tried to be active. That's the- Dude, same, yeah. Because it's been so I just hard. can't keep still, man. I'm just yeah. not going that slack, do you know what I mean? And, it's, and uh, I think, I, I don't know where you guys stand with this, but on my end, it's like, one of the hardest things has actually been being optimistic and trying new things and then being quite a generally like anxious introverted person for the most part it's like there's been weeks where i've not wanted to do that patreon stream because i've just been like depressed as hell and i just want to hide you know but it's like it's trying to say to the world like i want it all but also then like trying to allow yourself to want nothing every now and then, you know, and, and trying to find that midpoint between being incredibly outgoing, but also reserving the right to just have a day off. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is there anything else, Bud? You do like hobby wise, other than music, or is it just full on? I do. Um, it's kind of a weird hobby, but I gr- I grew up reading comics. Like I, I am obsessed with comic books, and um, you know they're my media form. You know what I mean? Like I love yeah. films. I, I enjoy books, but like comics was always my thing. And and at the beginning of the pandemic, I just told myself like it started off as a book. Um, but I just started writing like a really big comic script, you know, and, um, I'm like 60,000 words in now, you know, and I'm like, I'm loving every second of it. I, I can't draw, you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't draw for, for, you know, for toffee, but like, I, I, I just love the creativity, you know, and I'll sit there for sometimes like 10 hours with just like ambient music playing and I'll be exploring these characters I've come up with that nobody knows exist, you know, and their relationships with each other and how they, you know, and I'm just trying to, I guess, just, yeah, just try, trying to find like, I guess, art in storytelling now, which which is something that's really interesting. And I'd love for it to become something someday, you know, um, but it's very much, that's very much a tomorrow thing. But um, that, it's been- it overflow into music does that is it you take a concept take an idea and then oh that'd be great in sort of music form and yeah i think like you know because you can you know you can sing about you can sing about anything anything as long as you you are respectful of the nuance of of emotion you know so say for example you know um you're writing a story about an alien and the alien kills this I don't know this thing and like you know how does this person this dead person's child feel you know what I mean and then you could start write a whole song about grief you know and and I think like you know I, I personally it's never really seeped in too much but I think just always being like alert and kind of like I don't know just being on your toes about how emotion is always relevant you know and and how to highlight that you know that that's the difference between writing a, a song about love or writing a song about you know two polar bears falling in love uh, you know and and like it's still is real you know it might it might be very very different but like you know it's it's um there's always there's always a common thread of humanity i think at the crux of 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 you know the english language and the human heart really yeah man yeah do, do you it's discuss like- that on your patreon as well uh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I said, it's very fledgling, so it's very much a word document that I've just been pillaging for the last eighteen months, and I've not shown anybody. But, um, but yeah, you know, like I'm really fortunate. Um, Holden Absence fans are just so supportive, man. You know, and like I feel like I could do anything, and they'd always be there for that. And and I get asked about the comic every every week whenever I do a Q and A or whatever. And it's funny because I've never shown anything. It's just. It's just passing comments, really, you know. Um, and and yeah, I'm really grateful for that. So um, I, I'm actually looking at the the private chat here. Our managers pushed push something in. We were talking about the song, "The Greatest Mistake of My Life." We've actually got a clip of this, so it means we've ba- bigged it up so big. Um, maybe you should play it.
I don't even I don't even recognize that blonde rascal anymore. That's Who is that guy? Who is no, that I know. guy? No. <laughs> I know. I know. Dude, I, I love that. You've really captured. I don't, I don't know how many takes you did. Uh, what Was it a case of, did you try yeah, it piano was, um, and then sing? Or was it just you wanted to do both together? What was what was the situation there? Always wanted it to be a, a one, maybe not a yeah. one mic, but like a, a one take thing. Because, um, yeah, man, like, I just... I just feel like with an album, because of the sound that we have, you know, so it's it's not synthetic by any stretch, but it's just it's crammed with layers, you know. And, and like a lot of the time, I, I feel like it's it's kind of ironic that we're such a uh, human band, but there's so much stuff that isn't human, you know, the epic yeah. walls of sound and stuff. So yeah, yeah. so we knew that for that, it was very much about pulling, ev- you know, and pulling all those gears back down and, and really just saying like, this is a guy in a room singing a song you know um but um but yeah man like interestingly that was the last thing we recorded throughout the whole process you know that was the last day we were actually like the van was loaded when i when i played that you know so it was kind of like wow probably left about an hour afterwards which which was really interesting but i'm self-taught at piano um and and guitar to be fair like i'm self-taught at all my instruments but it's it was like it's like tightrope walking when you do something like that in like a one take because every little uh you know i don't know uh fidget on your finger or any any small intricacy will get captured you know um and um yeah but i'm yeah i'm really really proud of that yeah Yeah, you should be dude because at the end of the day that's how they did it back in the day there was none Mm, of this multi-tracking ravio they just hit record and that's it um and you've definitely captured that dude in that vibe so well done bro and um if you find out who sang it with the yellow hair that'd be great Ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. You um, you you said you were self-taught, but there, what what got you into music, man? I know it's like a generic question, no, but I no, genuinely no. don't know what what got you into music. Like, yeah, my my parents were, were the the absolute. You know, I mean, you know, I like for me, my my parents are the coolest people on earth. You know, and, and I've always been a very, I've been a, a mum and daddy's boy. You know what I mean? And like, they loved music, and and um. I grew up with music for the jilted generation playing throughout the house, you know, and like, I, um, yeah, I just, I just, I think I just hit a point where I was like, my parents think, think music's cool. And I think my parents are cool and music must be cool, you know? And like, about like, I think about the age, like 10, maybe nine, I started like getting into music. So like, you know, uh, Maroon 5 songs about Jane and uh, Ellie Funk by the White... Uh, not the White Stripes, I always say that. Um, Black Eyed Peas. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, two albums that, as, as a, a nine-year-old kid, you know, I knew every word to and, and I was just enamored by. And then rock and roll came and scooped me up and then, um, yeah, I just never went back from there, man. But, um, but yeah, as far as, like, learning instruments goes, you know, um, I've never been... I don't know if I've got like a complex where I can't be told what to do, but um, I'm not very good at like, like taking things in. I need to like witness them myself. You know, I need to be present while they happen to believe that that's how you learn things, you know? Um, So reading books was never like (laughs) a very useful thing for me in in terms of like schoolwork and stuff. But, um, but yeah, man. And I always say, you know, if anybody ever wanted to sit down and learn an instrument, both my first ever guitar, my first ever piano cost about a hundred quid. And, you know, I've still got them both now. And, and I just, it was the time I put in rather than anything else, you know? Yeah, yeah. But your sister's on the album too. Yeah, yeah, family. yeah. So yeah, she, so, she sings on Day Alone? Yeah, she does. Yeah, 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 man. So that was a really interesting one because um, we, 
I basically I was I was listening to um I was listening to Under Pressure by um by Bowie and Queen, which is like one of the best songs ever. Of course, it's just like a timeless classic. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'd love I just love to do a duet, you know? Um I I, I think writing a duet adds such a, an extra like level of depth to the music, you know, because you've got more than one narrative now you know you've got you've got two people's side of the coin um so yeah so that's you know we kind of started working on die alone and i said to myself i think this is going to be the duet song um and we tried to go for a guest vocalist and it it didn't end up working out but um i'm grateful that it didn't to be honest because i feel like that that emotional connection knowing that it's it's my sister uh and and the album was named after a song my great yeah. uncle covered. You know, it's it's just like the whole thing is like embroiled in in I guess family ties, you know, and, and it just makes yeah. it that bit more special for me. Hundred percent. Because that's the that's the first thing I did to check who who the singer or the girl singer yeah. was. Yeah, because we, we don't like credit her at all in, no. in a very purposeful way because it was very much like it did we didn't want it to be like featuring blah blah blah. You know, it was very much like it's just a song, you know what I mean? Doesn't matter yeah. who's singing on it. It's just, you know, is it good or not? <laughs> you know. Yeah. What did she think of that? My name's not even on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, bless it. No, but dude, I get it. And it wasn't until you know uh, Ryan told us there was your sister. I was like, oh man, that makes so that 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 makes so much sense. Yeah, um, man, and it, it's cool because she's a brilliant singer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that was the main thing for me was like, I didn't want it. You know, it would have been it. It could have been weird if I was like, "Oh, I want my sister to sing a song and she can't sing or whatever." <laughs> like, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I very much, um, you know, I'm grateful of the fact that it's organically beautiful, you know, because uh, because she is a brilliant singer, which is which is good. <laughs> uh, I love it, but I mean, congratulations on the album, bro. I think I, th- I generally think it's brilliant. I generally think it's brilliant. Thank yeah, you, and Kerrang have picked up on it as well, dude, which is fantastic. A magazine yeah. we grew up uh, yeah. obviously buying, yeah. like, you know, probably the same as you. And, and you, you're not only featured in the magazine, you're on the front cover, dude. I know. It's, that's the... <laughs> There he is. There he is. A lot less cool in my uh, in my pajamas, sat on my couch. <laughs> but, so, what was that? Is that a suit that was yours, or was that what they gave you to wear? Nah, man. So my girlfriend uh, does like a kind of uh, like a styling kind of side hustle. Like she's just like freakishly fashionable. Like it's it's yeah. mad. Like she'll just she leaves the house someday, and I'm like, how are you? Like those. I've wore those same clothes and I've definitely not made them look as good as you do right now, you know? And like, basically, you know, for this record, like, um, like I said, you know, we wanted it to feel timeless. We wanted it to feel epic. And, and I think the clothes were like a really big part of it. And if you look at any promos of us on this album, everything was very thought out. And there we are, me and my red velvet shirt, you know what I mean? Um, but, (laughs) um, but, um, but yeah. And basically to be fair, like, uh, that Kerrang photo, the coolest thing about it is like, it's actually like two different pieces of clothing, like those green trousers I had anyway. And my girlfriend just found this green blazer. Like, like, like you, that isn't like a piece. Like we managed to find two perfectly green <laughs> items of clothing and force that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, that's, that'll always be the most surreal thing to me ever. Uh, and it's funny because I use the analogy a lot of like Tony Stark and Iron Man, you know, like I'm me right now and that guy sat there crouching over you looking like a rock star they're very different people you know um but it was uh it was it was so cool to be able to capture that you know 
Yeah, it's yeah, a real man. bucket list moment, dude. And mm. um, there's a there's a great band. I mean, I've been saying to people about him for ages. Creeper. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And I know uh, you've got that tour coming up as well. That's been announced. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that is the doomed tour because uh, the original dates weren't December 2021. They were, I think, I think they were April 2020. Yeah. So that that tour has has gone has literally been moved. I think four times now. Um, but man, yeah, we're ecstatic for that, you know, and, and Creeper are a, a brilliant band and I, I'm, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you're onto them because I feel like they can be a little bit hit and miss because they're so unashamedly themselves, you know, I think it yeah. might scare some people off, but to me, man, it's just, no, I like get real like misfits kind of tip offs mm. and stuff. Like where you were on about your band, and there's kind of tip offs to other to to other artists, whether it be seventies, eighties, whatever. Yeah. Um, they're exactly the same for me. I know what you mean. They can be it or miss because I've said it to other people. No man, I think yeah, people. yeah, yeah. But for me, they got they just got like an edge, a very cool. There's a unique. coolness to them, like yeah, yeah, man. And yeah, I, yeah. I gotta say as well, you know, like. Um, you know, growing up with the, the, the UK music scene, you know, mm. and, and like all the, seeing all the bands that come and go, it, it's kind of, it is its own little universe in, in a weird way, you know. Um, but like, I'm really glad that like, you know, like Kerrang! reading kids of today have a band like Creeper because I, I think like it, it's, they are the, the art school kids in this whole situation. You know what I mean? They're the, the, the weird and wonderful band. And, yeah. um, and I feel like I really would have gravitated towards them if, well, I, I still think they're brilliant now, but you know, God, I, I can only imagine growing up with a band like that. I would have been crazy, you know. Yeah, man, I'm so glad I kind of. I think I hit onto them a couple of years ago, and it it just gave me that. Whoa, what's this? And yeah, then what the hell? <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I I was just very lucky that I, I yet again I connected with them. They did something yeah. or whatever song it was at that point, and I was like. Oh, that's really cool. That's really edgy. That's different. And then I started looking into them a bit more. And then obviously I seen you guys land the tour with them. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, yeah, it's cool. We, we're fortunate as well because we do have quite a crossover kind of mm. following as well. You know, we, we do kind of achieve quite similar things just through different ways. Um, so yeah, man, I'm bouncing, you know, and, and it's cool as well. Like, you know, taking a, uh, I think you actually mentioned earlier when you were saying about the castle show, which is awesome, by the way, congrats. Um, but like, you know, having bands that inspire you play with you or before you or after you, that's the coolest thing because that means that yes. it, it takes you to a level that you could never naturally ach achieve, you know? Yeah. 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 We, we, we've said that, haven't we, Shane? We love bands playing with us there. You know, even if we, we get to play with bands, we always want to play with bands as well that we can level up. Uh, yeah, yeah. And learn from, bro, 100%. Like, man, yeah. like, this download pilot thing, everybody's going to, in the best way possible, have a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's going to be like, I'm the best band this weekend, you know, and I'm going to prove it, you know. And and that's such, a, that's such an important mentality to have because... You're never going to climb the ladder if you if you don't want to, or, or you're not being inspired to, you know. And and having so many cool people, you know, for us, for example, it's like before us on the main stage is Boston Manor, and then it's Neck Deep, uh, and then it's Sleep Tower. Well, there we go. <laughs> Fair play, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but now, like you know, all those bands that we view as not not just peers, but like you know, uh, bands that we respect and and enjoy, you know, knowing that we're gonna not so much be up against them, but alongside them. You know, that's just uh, the kick up the arse. You really want to to perform like you've never performed before, really. Yeah, and so. like you said, you got like hot milk on there, and you got Frank Hart and the the, the rap. Yeah. like you know, yeah, it's, it's such a cool billing the the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday because I was really excited. Obviously, you you had the same. You had the draft poster and stuff, and I was just yeah, like, man. 
this just looking at it yeah yeah because it's so fresh like do you know what i mean it's like really cool it's um it's just different man and that's why i think we're super stoked for it because i don't know i just think like you said everybody's going to go out there with that hunger um and that wanting to get the the vibe off the crowd like everyone's going to be working super hard um and to be honest, I think the crowd are just going to be there. Be eating, they eat shit out of the your hands <laughs> after the last year. Yeah, man. Nice, it's yeah, like man. fucking yeah. sustained chords out of tune, yeah. and they're like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'll be one of them as well. Like, there's no no shame. <laughs> I'll be I'll be enjoying oh. whatever comes out of those speakers. Um, you guys are on the Saturday. I think, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yet again, super cool bill. Uh, and enter, enter Shikari as well. Oh, man. I oh, love that. Well, let's yeah. see the poster. Let's get the poster. Come on, in. Hey, it's a bit slower on the side, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah. It's on a different setting. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we, we can talk about that after. Um, what You've got a headline tour as well, Lucas. Mm. I don't want to lose you. i got to do the business end of it. Uh, you've got a massive headline tour, which is great. That's yeah, been there. We go. There's all the dates for anybody <laughs> who's looking. Yeah. You must be super excited for that. And then you're over in Europe. Then in March, is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Man, that's that's the one. So like, to be honest, bro, like those those shows are way bigger than I thought our band would ever be. You know, like even like I don't know. It's it's so weird having that kind of thing where it's like that is my band and I'm actually playing those venues, you know? Um, and I felt that way every tour we've ever done, you know, and, and then we climb up another one and it blows my mind again. So, so I think that tour is going to just be so special because, you know, the greatest mistake we would not have toured it. Um, and, and I love the idea of maybe playing it in full and just really having like a celebration every night in, in a venue we never thought we'd play every night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They are fantastic venues, and it must be wicked as well watching the production growing as well, and everything around you. The team gets bigger. It's it's, yeah, it's brilliant, dude. It's so I love seeing whether it's fellow Welsh bands or any band <clears throat> do well anyway. And like I said, Kerrang have tipped you for the next breakout band. That everybody is raving on. It's so well deserved, honestly. And 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 tell the boys that we'll see them as well. So thank you. Yeah, man, I'm excited. We're um. We're here all weekend for download as well. We're actually staying for the whole three days. So, uh, yeah, 100% be nice to fist bump you. I can, I can give you a big hug or something. You know, yes, we can, we can do we'll be tested. It's, hey. uh, no restrictions. It's a test yeah. pilot. So, yeah, they'll be definitely hugging, man. <laughs> but, yeah, bro, no, th- and thank you, man. Uh, you know, it's I'm bad at taking compliments. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, no, I'm, I'm so grateful for just any of the support we've been having, to be honest, you know, so. Uh, Lucas, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, bro. Live music is back, and we'll see you this weekend, bro, at Download. Bouncing, man. Yeah, boy. You know, I, I, in it, like we were on the 2021, and then we were on yeah. the 2021 one, and then it got cancelled, and we were like, oh, going to have yeah. to wait two years, and then this yeah. slid it back in, and it's like, yes. So, uh, yeah, man. But can't wait. Magic, dude. Thank you so much for your time, brother. We'll Thanks see for we- having me, guys. We'll see you on the weekend. Awesome. Yeah, look after yourselves. See you soon. Take care, man. Bye. Take care, look, guys. Try, <laughs> man. Oh, do I leave? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da.